0: Imagine you go to your kitchen sink to do the dishes, but you see that you have no running water. You then check to see if there is running water in your bathrooms, but there isn't. You send a group text to your neighbors asking if they have running water, and they do not either. This could likely be the story that happens to many households across the United States that use groundwater as their main source of water. In California, where groundwater makes up 38% of the water usage in average years and 60% in drought years, scientists have a stark message for residents. We are using more groundwater than what we can actually replenish in many areas of the state. According to National Geographic, the Central Valley of California, which is one of the most agriculturally productive regions, has lost roughly 10 cubic miles of water in four years. The wet areas of our country are getting wetter, and the dry areas drier. This will make replenishing those 10 cubic miles of water back into California's aquifers a great challenge. In this podcast, I focus on California's thirst for water and the impacts that agriculture and a growing population will have on groundwater levels in the coming years. I am your host, Tate Turner. Let's get started. California has been in a drought before. In fact, opinions differ now whether we are still in a drought or not. In recent years, California has received a good amount of rainfall, snowpack as well. These recent above average levels tell us technically that we are not in a drought. But as I mentioned before, we are using our groundwater aquifers more than ever. California experienced major drought in the early 2010s, and water districts were forced to pump large amounts of water from the ground for urban and agriculture uses. In response to this overpumping of water from groundwater aquifers, the California legislature passed the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, or SIGMA for short, in 2014. SIGMA is interesting and it's highly controversial. Sigma requires that water districts create Groundwater Sustainability Agencies, or GSAs, to enact Groundwater Sustainability Plans, or GSPs, for their groundwater basins. And the overall goal of this program is to allow local water districts to plan out how they are going to meet statewide targets for groundwater sustainability. Broadly speaking, it is a law that requires water districts to pump less water on average. For the past two summers, I have harvested tomatoes on a farm south of my hometown of Bakersfield. I talked to Colby Fry, the owner of Opal Fry & Sons, and for three weeks of the summer, my boss. The groundwater sustainability agencies in high and medium basins seem to be spending more time defining why their areas are not in deficit rather than giving farmers in the area a roadmap for planning the future restrictions and how they may adjust for them. Fry is a supporter of Sigma and supports pumping sustainable amounts of water from the ground. That way, future generations have the water they need. He is not sure how much water he should be saving, because like he said, GSAs are trying to argue that their basins have plenty of water, so that they may keep pumping out as much as they need. But Fry understands that water is a valuable commodity these days, and does not want to essentially run out. I'm making long-term decisions on my own ranch, following or taking ground out of production so that I can use the allocated groundwater pumping quota on neighboring fields." Fry says that GSAs have not given him any clear roadmaps on how he should be allocating his water. He knows that restrictions on water are coming. They are inevitable, he says. therefore. He is looking into ways he can convert his fallow land into something else that will make him money. He already has a 20-year contract with Southern California Edison, who will be leasing several acres from Fry to house a solar field. Now, I did interview a farmer, but farms are not the only thing that Sigma regulates. Sigma and GSAs are to be protecting water and achieving sustainability for all users. The problem with GSA boards, and where this could be an environmental justice case, is that they are primarily filled with folks that have an interest in the agriculture community. And like Fry said, they are trying to argue that their basins are not in deficit. In bigger Central Valley cities, this might not be such a problem but there are many small towns up and down the valley who rely on groundwater and if these small really powerless communities cannot voice their concern for falling water table levels then we are going to have huge issues and likely expensive court cases Climate change is altering our weather patterns and it is predicted that California will receive less water as a result. But where does California receive its fresh water anyway? The whole ecological system is quite spectacular actually. The high Sierra Nevada mountains provide a natural water storage if you will. During the cold winter months, snow accumulates and forms snowpack. Once spring and the warmer months arrive, the snow begins to melt. The water flows downstream into lakes. These lakes have most likely been dammed to help maximize the amount of water that is collected. An example of such reservoir is the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir, which provides millions of people in San Francisco with clean drinking water. So in the summer months, when San Francisco needs water most, the Hetch Hetchy is nice and full and ready to be tapped. Now, in perfect years, that is the case. But recent warmer and drier winters have made snowpack levels hard to predict. And that is another reason Sigma was created. Water is a huge variable in our state. And having a safety net of groundwater is increasingly important though there are kinks with Sigma, it should have an overall positive impact on water security for California's water supply in the next years to come. California's population is roughly 40 million, and that number is set to reach 45 million by 2050. That means more people are going to need water. The good news is, California's total water use has been on the decline recently. In fact, since 2015, California has used less water every year. This is data according to the Public Policy Institute of California, so urban usage is down while population is increasing, and agriculture usage is down, even though the industry's economic value is up. These promising stats are probably attributed to a growing conservation movement in California, as well as better irrigation practices. Okay, I want to bring the conversation back to Sigma here for the last piece. According to the Public Policy Institute of California and the University of California, Davis, Agriculture uses roughly 40% of the state's water, compared to only 10% that is urban usage. So, Sigma is going to hit farmers particularly hard because they use so much water already, and they cannot just conserve water like cities can. I mentioned Sigma is highly controversial, and that is why. By 2040, each groundwater sustainability agency will have to have their basins to full sustainability. This means that farmers up and down the valley are going to have to cut back on the number of crops they grow. Many family farms cannot afford to fallow land without having another source of income. However, the threat of shrinking groundwater aquifers called governor jerry brown and the california california legislature to act in 2014. in an article published by stanford university author madison poblis tells randy florini's story florini is a farmer near turlock california and five years ago his groundwater well had run dry leaving him with thousands of thirsty trees again This could likely be the story that happens, well, anywhere. Sigma will create economic challenges for farmers, but sustainability will hopefully ensure that farmers' aquifers won't go dry, and they can keep farming for years and years.